Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And some uh, voices from beyond today on our record. Or are they? Where could they? Well, beyond what, really? (laughs) There you go. Uh, we are going to discuss this wonderful collection of electronic voice phenomenon uh, called The Ghost Orchid, released back in uh, 1999 uh, on Ash International, and it's uh, sort of hosted by Leif Elgren, uh, who we talked about in uh, our episode on the Elgoland Vargoland National Anthem 7-inch uh, on the exactly. Patreon. And... This is a strange collection of recordings featuring uh, electronic voice phenomenon, I guess, which we will dig into. But first, Connolly's, what have you been listening to? Well, inspired by our recent seven inch Sunday episode on Anade, we have been listening to a lot of Anade. Yes, we have. Crackling of the Anonymous, Alder Baron. Just setting the atmosphere in our Halloween home and continuing that atmosphere with a lot of Mortis. Oh, wow. All right. <laughs> Absolutely. Mortis in the morning. Mortis in the morning and not a in the evening. Yeah. We're doing all right here. So we're just, we're really giving into the season and letting it guide us through our listening and our viewing. And which is also why we thought this would be a really cool album to do today for for Halloween times. Yeah. These ghostly voices captured, ancient voices captured. Potentially ancient voices. Yeah. Yeah, really just kind of um, crafting the atmosphere, but also, you know, your mental space as it, you know, dictates your mood and your feeling. Exactly. So it's been a lot of Anade, a lot of Mortis. We also pulled out, inspired by last week's regular episode, pulled out the Absolute Supper comp, which is, again, just classic and perfect for the time, as well as the Megaptera Deep Inside 12-inch. Oh, it's so good. Really, really cool 12-inch. Sounds great, looks great, on slaughter. That one is a really a, a treat. Yeah. You're not going to be mad about it. Yeah. So just kind of going with everything we've been listening to this month. Each episode inspires some new listening around here. So that's been the the main listening. What about you, Well, Ray? one thing that fits firmly in the zone of this EVP disc and the season for me is current 93's Where the Long Shadows Fall which is part of the mm-hmm. Inmost Light trilogy, but it has this loop through it that could have been found on this disc we're talking about today. Like, it could 100% be contained within this, but it's uh, got a little John Balance from Coil on it and David Tibet doing vocals and uh, over just like a really somber loop that if you told me it was from some EVP recording, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh and then way off base, super uh, not really what we normally talk about on the podcast, but there's a new Autiker record out, and it is absolutely fantastic and beautiful and wonderful, as is pretty much their entire catalog. And so I've been soaking that one in uh, a lot lately. I think there could be a place for Autiker on the podcast at some 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 point down the line. I mean, there's a place for him in my heart and in my ears. I absolutely love that project. Uh, they they continue to impress and amaze with every single release. Uh, they sound like themselves, but keep moving. And yeah, I, I like the early, more straightforward, you know, electronic dance kind of geared stuff, and the just the like insane levels of programming. And e- even on like Oversteps, there was a track that really reminded me of uh dark river off of coils love secret domain and there's some of what those the, possibly the best coil song very very good uh at least it's up there a dark river it's it is a yeah it's, it's up a, there it's a top fiver for sure it's yeah. very good um and there's some moments of like that type of stuff on this new record too which is just like really intense 
melodic programming in this super weird glitchy way they're they're just so good uh anyway it's called sign and it's uh it's awesome and uh yeah i don't know that's been kind of about it i've been uh doing a lot of editing in the last week or so so i haven't had a ton of time to be listening to things very cool i think we have some evp sounds coming through our walls yeah, right we're now certainly gonna have some ghost as banging the, as the uh apartment next to ours i believe is being renovated we it sounds like they're just tearing the whole thing down it sounds like they're just tearing our whole building down. Tearing the building down uh, and, then, woke, and then using a leaf blower to blow it all up, away. Though, to strangely, the longest and most steady hammering I think I've ever heard. It seemed to mm-hmm. never break. It seemed like someone was uh-huh. actually just checking a kick and it was consistent for it. Because normally <laughs> At hammering. Least an hour. It's, you know, and I think we've discussed this with our construction around our place. Sometimes the jarring thing is where it goes for like five seconds stops goes for five seconds stops this was a strange one where the hammering went for like an hour and it's like generally you have to like move get you know get pick the, up a nail up a get nail, a new nail was, find something else to hammer yeah. once you've finished hammering it they seem to have no lack of things to hammer yeah and <laughs> yeah. uh it's not like you know and we we've also discussed this privately like we don't just like any noise we want good noise this is not good noise it's not interesting noise it is just uh, a hammer fest, banging, mundane, bore, snooze, racket. Yeah. You know, I bet if you record that to tape, hand it over to Megaptera, it's going to be some good noise. Oh, hey. Megaptera is going to make it hey, sound like worry. an we, ancient anvil. There is absolutely, uh, there is absolutely some construction sounds on some recent recordings and releases of oh, ours. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll leave it at that. But we do use the recordings of constructions that we that we yes, do. Record. They get incorporated. It's just first thing you hear in the morning. It's, it's a not bit necessarily. Much. It's a bit much. But so there may be some EVP in this episode. Yes, apologies. Or is it just perfectly appropriate? Right. Yeah, it's actually. Um, it'd be an EPP, like an electronic pounding phenomenon. Yes. Not necessarily <laughs> electronic voice phenomenon. Yes. Yes. But the ghost orchid. So, Gray, this was your pick. We've been obviously curating our October episodes to stay in the Halloween October atmosphere. And. You came on this one and we thought, yeah, that's a that's a really cool idea. Let's this is a perfect mm-hmm. time to do something like this. Let's go for it. When did you come to this album? You know, there was something about this that uh, I I mentioned it in another episode. I can't remember where that it got me thinking about EVP. In fact, I probably remembered 5 minutes ago and now can't. Um we we touched on something in one of our previous episodes and it got me thinking about this disc and I actually my copy of this uh, still has its price tag on it, and I've talked about this before. How I like to leave price tags on uh, UCDs, uh, especially these from this came from uh, Record Time in Michigan, and they dated the price tags when they put it on there. Uh, no, like fancy code or weird thing to decipher. It just says five ninety nine, and then it has a six dollar price. So this was bought in uh, May of nineteen ninety nine. It came out wow. in ninety nine, so. This I think it was a promo. It's got a promo punch through it, not through the barcode though. Just just a hole punched in it, and uh, so that was when this came out. And I would have probably just seen this great silver and white ghostly looking cover, and been like, okay, read the back. Okay, it's uh, recordings of EVP, and there's a weird like little poem thing on the back. And yeah, I'm gonna buy this. You know, it looks cool and. So I've had this thing for 20 years. I uh, listened to it, you know, a few times back then, and it's floated around in the CD collection. And it just seemed right for right now. I don't know. Uh, I had remembered it maybe a little differently. But it's all still pretty much there, and there's some really cool sounds on it. And some of the sounds I like are actually not having nothing to do with the voice, but just the, like, weird buzzes and radio static and, and mm-hmm. transmissions and frequencies that are yeah. happening like that. Some of that stuff sounds so cool. Um, and listening through it this time, 
yeah, it's uh, there's a wealth of information in the CD. There's like a 24 page booklet, and there's it's an hour long with examples of this stuff. They're all repeated three times, so you get uh, you get a chance to hear it even more than the original. <laughs> People heard it probably whenever right. it, whenever mm-hmm. it happened, right? And there's also some uh, sort of suppositions made about what they're saying and what might be going on, which I guess would leave up to you or well us because we're going to talk about it. Um. And it's available on Bandcamp from the uh, Park EVP Bandcamp, which we will, of course, link directly to this and support them and pick this up. Uh, it's a cool, weird thing. Absolutely. Now, did you guys, you guys knew about this before I brought it up, I'm sure. Yes, and, and the, the idea of EVP and that world and these types of phenomena but we we did pick it up on the band camp mm-hmm. and have been combing through it and researching EVP a lot leading up to this episode. Yeah, I mean, I I would say I've been interested in, in things of this nature um, for my entire life. I really enjoy um, things that test the limits of our knowledge, things that test the limits of what we can prove or disprove um, via science, via physics. Um, things that we seek out to prove uh, just by the nature of our being and the urge for the human mind to seek pattern, to seek reason, and to seek purpose. Well, Tara, what, what is EVP? EVP is electronic voice phenomena, always recorded. It was popularized by Konstantin Raudova, and people had been doing it prior to that, but you know, the the beginning of EVP is pretty much concurrent with the beginning of recorded sound because, you know, since we've been recording sound, since we've been able to receive transmissions, people have see, heard things or seen things that they could not exactly explain and, and, you know, through that wanted to see if they could somehow commune with other entities, beings, whatever you want to call it, that are without body and that you wouldn't be able to communicate with otherwise. So, but the actual electronic voice is the idea that there are voices coming in. Well, so that's, that's um, an interesting question. And I think that that is really explored on this album and they, they provide like so much material. Like the, the material is very, very dense, but it, but it is quite comprehensive and, you know, saying potential sources for EVP. Is EVP something that's fully technical and, you know, a result of some fault or process of recording? Or is EVP a source that's projected from the person doing the recording? Is EVP something that's projected via extraterrestrials or terrestrial spirits by somebody in another dimension by what we would refer to as ghosts, people from an amalgamous beyond. This is the the mystery of EVP, like what are its sources, what are its causes? And I think that it's a worthy thought experiment to really have a delayed disbelief while listening to this and engaging with it because I, I think that's where the interest and fun lies. Sure, I think there's multiple ways to listen to this album or to get into this world of EVP. Suspending belief is one of them. Yes. Or being incredibly skeptic. It's really up to the listener how they want to pursue and listen to this and enjoy it. Uh, one term that I really like uh, that that is used in the liner notes would be acoustic anthropomorphism. So, you know, are we as people just like, you know, I think it's incredibly relevant for what we do on, on Noise Extra because we're listening to abstract sounds. And how frequently are we just describing them visibly and describing them as as though they have emotion or, or as though they make us feel emotion? So it's just this nature existing within us to want to anthropomorphize sound or sound visuals, the things that we interact with, with our senses. I actually just remembered what prompted me to think of the ghost orchid as a 
kind of bring it up in my mind again as a potential candidate for this was I don't know if it was on an episode or if it was in our sort of pre or post episode uh, conversation where Tara asked if I had uh, ever been scared of a ghost. Oh, yeah. And I had mentioned that I, when I was younger, we did some sort of like I learned it from some like Geraldo type paranormal investigation thing. But if you point a video camera at a static TV and do like a feedback loop with it, you'll see faces. You, know, you can you can see face like shapes in it which is another sort of uh, anthropomorphism, right? We're uh, ascribing a human face to a shape we see in the static or in the mm-hmm. clouds or in whatever. And that made me think of this CD as well of like hearing these things and try sort of, especially on this disc where they really, each one is sort of named with what they posit the voice is saying, uh, which you may hear differently. If you're not looking at the track list or whatever, you might try to decide these on your own and, and figure out, come to your own conclusions on what they're saying. Uh, there's a few that make some very like literal sense to me and a few that seem really surprising. And yeah, I think this does fit very well. It's a really good point in with what we do here is we sort of ascribe these traits to abstract sounds while we listen. And this is here. I am listening to someone else do it with these recordings uh, that are like winding up in their other recordings. And it's dating back to, sort of recording technology back then and broadcast technology, I don't think things were as refined and shielded and separated as maybe they can be now where like your radio might randomly pick up stray frequencies and mm-hmm. these things might broadcast at, outside of their band. And so some of that of course feels like it's going on with these, but some of the sounds are really interesting. And even just listening to this so strictly on a technical level from the recording quality of some of the things, like I said, there's there's sounds and frequencies and little interrupts and breakups that are so cool and unique in this. That's like mm-hmm. even just like wanting to sample a, a half second of some like weird thing and do something with it. It's a cool CD from like from that regards. Yeah, I almost would have liked each track to actually have been longer and more of the static and frequencies yeah. <laughs> around the voices because a lot of these tracks are literally six seconds. Yeah. And it'll just be whatever is the interrupted signal is three times. But you're right, those sounds around it. And I think that to me is more ghostly and ancient. Those frequencies and the airplane radio signals. They're so they're such great sounds. And they mm-hmm. really put you in this ancient old ghostly time. Yeah, I, I thought of you, Gray, when I was reading about um, Friedrich Jurgensen, who, you know, is is referenced in the liner notes. And I, I don't I think some of his um, recordings are on there because he is the gentleman that first ex- experienced EVP via bird call recordings, which I was very excited about because <laughs> I love a bird call. We know this. Um, but he has like something. That has his name is the Jurgensen frequency, which is 1485 kilohertz. And so that is basically what he discovered was the sweet spot for recording. So Friedrich Jurgensen used a mic and a radio receiver attached to a tape recorder. And this is at like the the late 50s, the mid to late 50s when he is doing this. He was really interested in the fact that, you know, our human ears can hear 20 to 20,000 hertz approximately, but recording devices can go as low as seven hertz. This again is in his time. I'm sure everything's different now. Shout out to seven hertz. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) To as high as 50,000 hertz. Um, So his kind of area of interest is, are there sounds that exist much like colors on the color spectrum? that we cannot see are there sounds that we aren't hearing and can we perceive them and who's sending them out. So he was particularly interested in the radio as a medium, like a channeling medium. That was his sweet spot was 1445 to 1500 kilohertz. He found that on an, on a radio that that was where he had the most success in finding messages. I mean, we've all had, experiences the most clear one for myself and probably any recording or live playing artist listening would be the frequencies that come through your amp 
right, when, right. When it's either not grounded or for whatever reason. So I understand this whole phenomena because it does happen. It's ha- I, it's happened. Or when your cell phone is put next to the computer or yeah. when the microphone cord that I'm using is accidentally mm-hmm. sitting on the battery and it gives those artifact sounds or those delayed sounds yes, or just c- c- cell phone interruption, which happens all the time. So I think everyone can sort of understand this idea. And I think you do have to think about back in the fifties in the sixties earlier when they were really discovering this, how, how, for lack of a better term, alien or ghostly mm-hmm. these things sounded. You know, one yeah. of the things they mention in this CD even is uh, the decline effect, where like scientific phenomena will the supporting facts of it and the interest in it will will wane over time. Evidence towards it will will stop being sort of produced over time due to lack of interest or lack of additional evidence. First off. Uh, the Decline Effect, a fantastic double LP by former podcast guest Jim Haynes. So everyone check that one out. But I was, I was happy to hear those words just because that's a great record. But it is like when they when you f- first start having recording technology and then you first have this broadcast technology and you start hearing these things. They seem really, really wild. But like you said, now we all know, like you plug in an amp, you got your cell phone next to the thing. You're going to you're going to hear those sounds and these interruptions are going to happen. You're maybe less people uh, driving around with car radios back then, you know, driving through like frequency band changes and uh, whatever nearing uh, radio towers. But now we, that stuff is, we just take it for granted. It's really easy to think like, Oh yeah, of course there's like some interruptions in whatever broadcast signal, but in the fifties, it wasn't that it wasn't a thing. It wasn't the commonplace thing where everyone had this technology and there were so many warring signals. Like this was, this is pretty distinct. Uh, environments or in a distinct environment for this stuff to start occurring in. Yeah. So if you want, like I, I do have some, you know, mundane explanations for EVP and we can discuss them now just to get that out of the way. Gray, kind of like what you referenced earlier with the video camera, uh, when home video recorders were first available, people frequently tried to use them as channel using what they call the Drost effect, which is you know, putting them in a mirror until it makes an endless loop of images with seemingly no end or doing a static loop in that manner to see if you you could pick out any ghost images or messaging. And it comes from like the container of Drost powdered drinking chocolate. And because the cover of the Drost had a woman holding a cover of the Drost and then that cover had her holding it and, and so forth. So that's where it got that name. For audio things, it could be, of course, radio information, it could be previously previously recorded like ghosts on a tape, like something that's been used multiple times. And like we were saying that have they have artifacts um, left on them. The interference from CB radios, baby monitors, um, of course, cell phones. Also, circuits can resonate via radio reception without being turned on. So it could be a circuit that's off, but it's being hit by radio reception and it's resonating. Could be capture errors from over amplified signals poorly aligned erasure and recording heads or incomplete erasures. Uh, Meteors actually can reflect radio waves. So frequencies above. It's it's, insane. It It sounds like somebody is in our wall. It sounds like somebody is scratching. It is so impossible. It's so, (laughs) it feels like there are rats crawling behind us, filling our walls right now. It's crazy. You might not be able to hear it, but we can hear it. I can hear it over the over this. Uh, yeah. call, so. well, well, it's 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 EVP, everybody. It's oh not the God. construction next to us. <laughs> so focus. All right, sorry. Meteors can leave a trail of ionized particles in the atmosphere, and those can resonate at frequencies above thirty megahertz. So meteor reflected radio waves can also cause interference if there's like a large meteor shower. I like that that was in your list of mundane explanations. The meteor <laughs> reflected you. radio wave. That's pretty, pretty well, it's what? extraterrestrial to me. Yeah. Well, well, it is, I mean, I guess terrestrial, it's still within our atmosphere. So I consider it right. not, not off this Terra yet. 
um, still still kind of within those confines. And then on my not mundane list, um, you know, I have a, <laughs> a, a short non-mundane. Page. Yeah, I mean, I have a short. I have the the not mundane list is much longer, so I thought we would probably you know discuss those differently. But most heavily hit would be extraterrestrials, psychokinesis, and entities that are not on our plane of existence, i.e. ghosts. Right. And there are some interesting examples in this CD of, well, one, for example, is when the wife of Raymond Cass, and I don't know if we've really laid out that a lot of this work and research is Raymond Cass uh, Mm -hmm. on this CD particularly. And he was one of the main researchers in EVP. And he and his wife would do a lot of this stuff together and do these recordings, attempt to contact these EVP voices. And there is one where it does address her specifically. Mm-hmm. And Raymond Cass, um, if you kind of wonder, he was born in 1921. He was from Hull in the UK. And during his lifetime, he became increasingly interested in EVP and other paranormal subjects. When he was doing family research, he found that his ancestor, Robert Cass, who died in 1898, was a medium and a channeler and affiliated or founded the spiritualistic movement in Hull. He was known for levitating tables and he would levitate tables with three men on top and then the men would sign their names on the ceiling. I'm sure everybody's familiar with that that old yarn. <laughs> um, and then also he had another relative who was around in about the 1770s and her name was Molly Cass and she was also a medium and a psychic. So he highly identified with his lineage as being involved in psychoacoustics, paranormal studies. While Leif Algren sort of introduces the CD and introduces each section, Raymond Cass, we do hear his voice throughout the CD introducing the recordings many times. And don't they all have just amazing, relaxing voices? Like Leif Algren's voice is just wonderful yeah. to like it and, and just lilting and relaxing but also raymond cass as well yeah i actually really enjoy the spoken parts of this like the second track is seven minutes of raymond cass talking and i'm like okay yes (laughs) yeah if you if you want something to wind down at the end of the night just listen listen to this album well i think this is if you really want to go with it set the atmosphere and yeah put this on late at night just just go with it. it 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 sets a really cool strange atmosphere Absolutely. Yeah. So you want to talk about ghosts, Sarah? <laughs> do I? Do I? <laughs> um, I, I do want to talk about ghosts. Some, some things that they, that were topics that were hit up about ghosts specifically in, in this release are ghosts, entities that are protruding from a parallel universe are ghosts. Just electromagnetic pollution that we perceive as entities and having their own life force. Our ghosts, telepathic communications from extraterrestrials. All of these things are brought up. My favorite things to think about surrounding ghosts, especially, you know, I don't, I, I always say, I don't know if ghosts exist. Uh, I'm not qualified uh, to make, to make that statement because there's so much about this world that we don't understand. Like, who are we to say that they don't exist and in what form they don't exist? For example, 68% of the universe is dark energy. 27% is dark matter. That means less than 5% of the matter in this universe is what we can measure. That's it. Modern physicists cannot measure more than 5% of the matter and energy within this universe. So who are we to say that some other entity isn't existing alongside us in a way which we cannot perceive or in a way which we only remotely perceive through distant parts of our mind and senses? And that's a good way to go into listening to a lot of this stuff. Just admitting that we don't know everything or really much at all when you really think about it. So. Exactly. And just like, and I always, I I like to think of them in terms of a photon, like a photon, since it travels the speed of light, 
time stops for the photon. So it exists as soon as it's emitted in a timeless state because it is traveling at the speed of light. So is there something else involved in the photon that it's experiencing again that we don't experience? What if spirits, as you know, we are discussing in this nature, are massless, much like the photon, and therefore time and space are just a completely different experience for them that we don't understand? Absolutely. And a lot too with these recordings and in the liner notes in one of the articles written, the idea this idea of serendipity and what the what the messages the researcher is hearing and how it seems to be completely related to their lives. Yes, they they found that in transmissions they received lots of synchronicity, some serendipitous messages were sent off, specifically in the liner notes, messages concerning the death of one gentleman's dog uh, had received two transmissions that specifically related to that. Or again, allusions to a wife who is present and broadcasting at a different station altogether. Um, so we, in listening to this, experienced our own synchronicity in the terms of Mayakowski. This is very true. Did you so, notice that, Gray? So wasn't yeah, that crazy? That is we a had our wild own thing. synchronicity. So on our this week's seven inch Sunday episode on the Patreon was Enade's "The Axiom Plane Seven Inch," which is dedicated to a Russian poet, Mayakovsky. Yes, it's One it's of, Vladimir Vladimirovich Mayakovsky. Really, it's got it's got a ring to it. And in on one of the EVP recordings, the researcher and recorder is looking to contact Mayakowski. Yes. And the word Mayakowski comes back to him. Yes. And we started listening to this directly after listening to that seven inch. And and it was really um, astounding because at the time, the whole subject of Mayakowski, I was reading a passage that said frequently when dealing with EVP, there are many synchronous events that the researchers cannot explain. And that is when I heard the name Mayakowski. Yes. <laughs> so was it there the whole time? Did it just appear on this album that day? Yes. But, every, <laughs> no. but it has been there. But now... It will have been there forever. Was it this album that made Gray select that seven inch? <gasps> right, but I hadn't listened to this. If you'll remember, I wasn't. I wasn't sure. I know you hadn't listened to it. That's what we're yeah. saying. No, I know. All... That's, that's the thing. And is, you weren't yeah. even familiar with Mayakowski. Nope. No. So uh, anyway, that's that's our little um, fun synchronicity that <laughs> happened while listening to this. It was yes. Exciting. Yes. And that. Mayakovsky portion is actually on a cool part of the CD, which is the final part of the CD that is a seven inch mm -hmm. that came with a book called Breakthrough. And this seven inch contains many examples of EVP from that time. This book this came out in 1971. Yeah, and Breakthrough was a, a, a huge, had a large impact on the paranormal community. Uh, it is Constantine Rodova's book and many, many people became interested and this began coming to the forefront of paranormal studies once that book came out. It had been around for a while, but Rodova really, really made leaps and bounds in popularizing the interest in, in this phenomenon. The other kind of side note interesting about this breakthrough seven inch is narrated by a German one woman, Nadia Fowler, I believe is her name. And the entire time we were listening to it, I knew I had heard this voice somewhere and I was like, this voice is so, so familiar. familiar. It's she's a German accent, but mm. German accent, but she's speaking in English. And for the handful of listeners 
who are familiar with the Smiths, you will notice a sample that they used where the woman is saying, you are sleeping. You do not want to believe. Yes. And I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it when she said that. this. Is, this it was is, crazy. This is a, a sample that I've heard since I can't even tell you how teen young I was. Yeah, yeah. Like the <laughs> earliest <laughs> teens possible. Yeah. Never knew where it came from. Never no, knew anything. I had no when idea. it hit, I literally, I, I was like, oh my God, this is oh. it, it, but the whole time. I knew the whole the whole time the voice was so familiar. <laughs> so some more just strange strangeness that goes along with EVP. Yeah. Some some really interesting terms, lot, lot lot of terms, you know, learning about a new method of study you have to learn the lingo. So here, here's a few things we can discuss. Neologism is thrown about a lot, and that is a relatively recent or isolated term, something in the process of entering common use. So frequently, EVPs use neologisms, which may not be, you know, in a canon way of speaking yet. Like you mean, you mean the actual voices? The that actual are voices that are recorded, you know, frequently, they're... Yes, they use neologisms. So they they and which is true. A lot of these phrases are odd, and they're polyglot, which again is something that is maybe exhibited in multiple languages. So you may have something in Latvian and Russian. It might be in English and German. It might be in there's so many language examples where the voice is speaking in multiple languages simultaneously. And with a lot of these phrases, I think Gray kind of mentioned it early that there does seem to be leaps made to sort of fit what these messages are. Yeah, there's actually one on the disc where they're asking a question of sort of the the uh, the entity. Maybe it's at the end of the instant response voices section, mm -hmm. uh, track 42, burned with force. I don't hear burned with force and because uh, some of this is describing uh, like aircraft transmissions to aircraft radio transmissions, I hear 10, four and oh. that's a very common, you know, it means message received. I heard you copy, whatever. Uh, but everyone probably knows that from like, I don't know, a team or whatever. Right. And <laughs> they're, they're like asking a long question and then this thing replies. And I just, I just hear 10, four. And uh, one of the things about the, some of this stuff with the uh, possible like aircraft radio transmissions too that I learned while listening to this and, and looked up and verified actually is that uh, all aircraft pilots uh, have to speak English. Mm -hmm. Russian plane landing in Russia, they, they'll probably use Russian for ease of use, but like globally, uh, a plane traveling from Russia to here or something would have to be able to speak English to talk to air traffic control wherever they're landing. Isn't that ironic that Mayday is French? It means help me. <laughs> oh, look at that. I wouldn't yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> One of the reasons for some of the polyglot stuff in this occurred to me that it might also be because of radio transmissions in this stuff and they're sticking uh speaking mostly English but sliding a word or two in of their origin. Or of their like their uh mm -hmm. primary language. But there's there are a lot of leaps made here where you're you're hearing something and if you're not I wasn't looking at the track list while listening to this because, like I said, all the tracks are titled with the sort of what they suppose the EVP is stating. And it, if you don't reference that, you can come to your own conclusions, I think, a lot easier. So when you hear something, you're not going, oh, yeah, it's like kind of saying that. I'm not trying to hear <laughs> what they're telling me it's saying, but I'm hearing my own things. And so some of them, even like Raymond Cass, especially can be, uh, really picks out sort of things that he thinks that they're saying to him at times. And that's uh, a little unscientific in that way. I mean, obviously we're talking about EVP Maybe here. Possibly pseudoscientific. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I found that to be pretty interesting because it's these, these, I mean, there's no question these things appear on record, like the recordings, like these exist, whatever, what they are is unclear, but that they exist isn't so I tried to approach it from a more skeptical angle this time than when I 
had first heard this thing 20 some years ago. So what you're perceiving is pareidolia. Another term, it means interpreting random sounds as voices in one's own language. It can be an incorrect, incorrect perception as a, of a stimulus, as an object pattern, or meaning known to the observer. Pareidolia. Yeah. So I think that's uh, very at play <laughs> on these recordings. But I do think it's also interesting the sort of narrative they forge for these things. And again, that's a thing that we do here on our own podcast is forge our own narrative from abstract sounds. These happen to be more formant. Uh, the, the the ones with singing really throw me. And that's, I think, what reminded me of the, the mm-hmm. current 93 where the long shadows fall, too, is like that sort of singing, which, I mean, it feel like it sounds almost musical in the background. It has to be a radio transmission from somewhere. But I, I you know where <laughs> absolutely and i think the singing the singing examples were probably my favorite and exactly are are these singing voices from beyond well beyond what yes they're existing in some sort of frequency and then you just start thinking about what frequencies are and what radio is and how we're just surrounded constantly especially now by a barrage of electromagnetic energy sure so yeah it is from some sort of strange unidentifiable place that it is invading on this recording or this transmission or this frequency so that in itself is it it is it's anytime something like that does happen again even when you're recording and a strange frequency comes in through the amp it is still sometimes it is just that perfect strange maybe it's an am station with a foreign voice so it sounds extra strange and it just Mm -hmm. fits and it's and you're like how did that language station even get into my amp or to whatever device it is i didn't even know there was a station that spoke Russian right. near me. And How maybe is it, it isn't. Picking it up? And maybe it isn't near you. Maybe it is somehow got caught in some sort of strange radio frequency in the in the ether from somewhere, and it just kind of floated around, and it happened to land into your amp. And I'm sure these researchers would also say, sure, it is an actual radio transmission that's been intercepted, but. Why was this one a particular intercepted and why was it sent to me personally? Was it done with purpose or was it done without purpose? I think that's is sort of the larger question here is finding reason for why these these recordings are winding up there. It's not just, oh, it's ghosts. That's not like the simple answer to it. It's what's what is happening here. It's not called ghost voice phenomena. It's electronic voice phenomena, right? It's Mm -hmm. that these things are being pulled from somewhere in other bands and what how they can have messages or how you can, I mean, people interpret tea leaves and tarot cards and cast stones as all sorts of different things. So why not interpreting uh, voices that are randomly picked up on your recording device through some weird frequency? And, and to receive these EVPs, many times people are doing lots of things. They are um, recording static, playing it backwards, recording multiple radio transmissions, playing them backwards simultaneously. There's an attempt to get um, a large amount of almost white noise by increasing, what's it called? The noise floor, I think is how it's referred to. Like you're sending so much signal that everything becomes a wash. And then through that wash is how you can receive many transmissions there's a the in the booklet one of the researchers talks about setting up two speakers and then Mm -hmm. putting a microphone in the middle yes right i was at that gig at at different exactly at different frequencies and that's the thing is a lot of these researchers it does feel almost like a strange gig that they're setting up it's a strange recording i want to hear the parts without the voice i think that's the thing i think (laughs) all of us would love to hear the extended Mm -hmm. mix of the frequencies of the static of all that all the of all that stuff they're Mm -hmm. doing leading up to getting the voice I would like to hear those recordings. And and some of these researchers have thousands and thousands of hours of recordings. Yeah. And I, I think what I enjoy 
in the experience of this compact disc has been truly looking at within myself and saying, how, what is the extent of your knowledge to electromagnetic energy and the way it behaves? How do you, do you truly have a depth of knowledge in waves and particles? And can you, as a human, really take in the vast amount of factors involved sonically and just through your bodily perceptions and say without a doubt that you can manage them all mentally. And I would say I definitely can't. There's so many factors and so many things surrounding me, especially living in a city, but honestly, just in being a human, that we cannot process all of the things that are impacting us at one point in time. It's true. And I think that's what is constant, a, f a form of, I think that is what continually interests people who research EVP and these types of phenomena, where there really is just no, there's no one answer because there might be hundreds of answers. Exactly. Yeah, the, even even the EVPs, maybe they're caused by five separate things happening simultaneously. Totally. But I really, and I really do like this idea. Now, I hadn't thought of this until you guys sort of brought it up. The idea that th these researchers were doing, are, were doing something similar to what we do when we listen to a Government Alpha CD or oh, yes. a MERS Bow CD or yes. et cetera, where we're projecting and we're also finding these things and pulling these things out of this abstract sound where they're doing the same thing it just so happened to be it was these frequencies coming through their radio coming through their transmitters and, and they I have like, a lot I less like context that. for it whereas we're putting on a noise record to listen to it and do this right. there these things are happening in the static and in the washes and in a transmission, you know, a radio transmission or whatever that is going on. So there's, there's less direct context for it. So it's feels more exploratory certainly for what they're doing, but yeah, it's Tara that said like that, that, uh, they're doing kind of doing what we're doing. And I think that's just like, uh, it's a something I also hadn't realized until she'd mentioned it. So thank you. The study of psychoacoustics. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I Whoa. like I like acoustic projections, psychoacoustic, acoustic anthropomorphism, whatever you like to think of it as. I'm putting um, all that in the podcast bio. It makes us sound way, <laughs> way more scientific. Well, it, and maybe that is something we appreciate. Maybe it is activating the part of our brain that enjoys thinking about why and how something's happening. It's it's just activating that unknown portion. How are they doing it? Why are they doing it? Why is this wild? And and there's something about the abstract because we are seeking, you know, as people, as humans to find order in things, to find patterns. We can't stop ourselves from seeking to find patterns. So in having something that's so seemingly without pattern, so seemingly random, it's like a puzzle for us. It's like a puzzle for our mind and, and really just being immersed in it can take you to places that otherwise you wouldn't go in a well-ordered sound bath. So I like that these researchers were thinking on these different levels on these different planes, pushing the envelope. Right. And are these voices are these dead voices? Are these dead voices on air? <laughs> <laughs> Another wonderful term that I learned is theophany. I didn't know what that meant. It is a visible manifestation to humankind of God or a God. Is it a theophany? Are we hearing a deity speak to us? Are we, are we experiencing it with our senses? It's very possible. I, I, I love. I actually really like that you brought up the long shadows, the current 93 long shadows mm -hmm. fall because I do, I, I really want to go listen to that now after this, because you're right. It does have that very similar vibe yeah. to it. Yeah. I really, it just, it just, 
these these things, especially because they're repeated three times, really conjured that to me. So after listening to this the first time to kind of prep, I I threw that on. Also, there's no reason for anyone to not go check these out. This is up in full on Bandcamp. You can listen to all the tracks. You can buy it and support, which is always awesome. But if you want to yeah. hear this thing, you don't need to plunk down anything. Go listen to it. Check it out. Make your own conclusions. Like you can you can go yeah. listen to this and and dig into these things and hear the all the stuff we're talking about. So. You know, we always try to link to a Bandcamp or to direct to an artist page or somewhere you can find this stuff when it's readily available. And this is no different. Uh, check check this thing out, like, hundred percent. But yeah, it made me wonder if that that current ninety three thing is using EVP recordings as a as a loop with some other, you know some other music or something added under it because it's it's one Highly long possible. twenty minute piece that is yeah. one of my favorite of theirs because it's so minimal. So hypnotic. I could certainly see. I could certainly see David Tibet being interested in. Oh, hundred percent. EVP, of course, ghosts are a big part of his interest as well. So that would be that'd be really cool to know. Yeah, and and leave Elgren truly on his releases gives you things to think about and chew on mentally. It, you know, it kind of sits with you for a while, and and certainly current ninety three as well. Oh kind no, of kind of no resonate within yourself to some extent and and you're left with the residue of a different presence the inmost light i'm still reeling from that uh art show <laughs> oh, oh yeah that was oh. one of the best things of last year yeah so have you guys ever seen a ghost i would say i have never seen a ghost i have i have one time well I'm Are you not, referencing what I think you're referencing? Well, you were there, Mike. Right, but I was so, asleep. Yes, you were asleep. It was when we lived in um, this kind of converted warehouse uh, 20 years ago. This would be where the place that we, I can't remember what episode we talked about, where we would throw our beer bottles against the yes, abandoned exactly. building across. Yes. Not a lot of people around this there, area. We were the only building in the yes. on the street, and it was all, everyone in each apartment mm-hmm. was... And eventually we knew, knew that other, the whole place was going to be torn down and renovated and doing all these things. And I'll tell you why it, it took so long after my ghost story. So um, I woke up really late in the middle of the night. It was super dark, but the moon was fairly full and it was shining in our window. So I could see the outline of everything. And I thought Mike had woke me up. He turned over and kissed me and I see him above me and I felt him, you know, caress my face to wake me up. Uh, and so when I, I thought, Oh, this is so sweet. Like he must not be able to sleep. So I went to grab his head and kiss him back. And as my hand went up, it went right through his face and the entire shadow just disappeared before my eyes. Uh, and it scared the bejesus out of me. And I reached over and I grabbed Mike and I was trying to like shake him awake because uh, I was really freaked out. Uh, and then also while we lived there, I woke up at feeling somebody sit at the end of my bed. And when I woke up, I saw like a shadow sitting uh, on the edge of my bed and it looked like work clothes. Well, later it turns out the reason they had not been able to just demolish this building in this block and, um, you know, put up really cool condos on it quickly was because there was a cholera graveyard under it. And there were hundreds and hundreds of bodies uh, under that area. And so they had to legally move them in a respectful way. So they couldn't just develop it in the way they wanted to. Wow. And, and we did not know that did until know after that. Yes. it wasn't, it wasn't something that we knew or Tara knew. It wasn't and disclosed. So it was, yeah. <laughs> or, and no. so and, right. And so she, it was sort of in her head to, to, have that this was something we found out later and and uh someone who moved in after us after we had left she also had a similar experience of like seeing shadowy things in corners staring at her at multiple times when i lived at green door i had a couple instances where it would be like pitch black there was one room that had no windows and just a door and early on when i moved in any room were there windows (laughs) in the green door Look, man, there I don't were, remember. I there can't, were two I can't even windows, like... one at the end of a hallway and one big one overlooking the parking lot that was made out of plexiglass. Oh, oh right. yeah, yes. Yeah, we yeah, would yeah, look yeah, that yeah. to see if our cars got broken yep. into. Yeah. <laughs> Generally, they did. And uh, Yeah, right. 
Mine got broken into in that parking lot while it was you chained. You just leave the, the yeah. Actually, we your, just left the doors unlocked. Just leave the doors unlocked yeah. so you don't have to replace your window. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We oh, did. We just took the, everything out. Oh boy. The, the fun of living in uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the city, man. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I would, I, I had recorded a couple times when I had gotten uh, quite freaked out by strange plays of light in that place when there was no where there was no source for the light to be coming from. Ooh. Ooh. Um, but I am cautious to describe anything as ghosts. Well, of course. I like I'm not saying something's definitively a ghost, not a ghost, but I will say that I don't know. I'm not I'm not qualified to say whether it is or not. There's so much I can only describe the experience that I have via my perceptions, which Absolutely. are frequent, which are frequently wrong. And of course, there's when there's so much just like Tara said, there's so much we just don't understand dreams. Uh, we're you, you know, there's so much in in dreams that are mm-hmm. ghostly and that have ghost elements to them that we just can't explain. And we can't explain why we were dreaming that or why, you know why these feelings were or images were conjured up in our subconscious. Well, and if we must discuss dreams, even we don't still understand the reason that humans need sleep. We have some ideas about what happens and the way it helps our brains process, recharge, form our memories, form our thoughts. But at the, at the end of the day, if you can't get somebody to dream, they die. There are genetic conditions that are passed through generations where people can't enter REM sleep and they just die. We can't have a substitute for it. We can't fix it. We don't know why. I mean, and they die. I mean, even, even nightmare on Elm street was, was based on a couple news stories where people died in their sleep in this very strange way. Uh, might've been for, oh, it's Kruger. based on real events. Might've been for <laughs> much like return of living dead. Based on real events. No names have been changed. (laughs) The other thing I think is an interesting just mystery or I don't know what it is, but there's something I love about the feeling when I know that, for for example, maybe Tara and I, we're recording, we're doing a yellow gas flame session, and I know that Gray's working on a recording session or I know someone else, you know, some friends in New York are working on a recording session all on the same day. Not, 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 a, not to not working on something together, but there's just something Separately, in the yeah. air when you know that your close friends and, and people you work with are all working on something similar together. And it, it does give this really, this feeling. Connectivity. That is, yeah. That's hard to describe mm-hmm. that you can be connected to someone in New York across town, someone in the middle of the country, someone in Europe, just by everyone's doing this act of recording or these putting their energies into their art, recording, working on podcasts, etc. I don't know what that is. I don't know. And again, maybe we're just creating it, but there is something to that, I think. And there is something powerful about that. And I think it's just, again, one of these unexplained things that maybe we won't ever fully understand what that is. Yeah. But there it's like, it's the, the concept of the new sphere. Like we have an atmosphere, which, you know, surrounds our planet. It's gases, but the new sphere would be if the electromagnetic energy emitted by our brains forming its own atmosphere um, in, in circles Frequented by those seeking EVP, the new sphere is a concept. And so maybe they, those maybe those magnetic pulses are just gonna interrupt into your frequency next time you're next time we're all recording around the same time. Maybe we maybe that's what's happening. Maybe we are sending out signals to each other without even knowing it. Let's hear it for the new sphere. <laughs> Make sure you're putting what you want into the new sphere. Well, this was a really cool talk, and yeah, it's it's a cool time of year. Just turn the lights out, light a candle, put this on. I think the best way to do it is just go with it. Just 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 go with it. Just listen to it. 
Take well, I think if what you, you don't will. give yourself over to it at least once, yeah. then you're missing out on part of the experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it's 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 a it's a it's a great time of year to to do that and to revisit. You can so. always change your mind later. That's sure. an option. Sure. Well, I hope everyone's having a great Halloween season as we are here. We have one more Halloween time episode coming next week, and we know what it is. It's it's a we're starting a tradition. We are starting a tradition. That's all we'll say about that. Or are we continuing a tradition, I guess? But yeah. either way. You have to do something that... twice for it to be a tradition, right? There you go. There you go. So. I, I don't know. Is, is, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Twice is never enough. So thanks for listening. Keep the Halloween spirit alive. And listen for ghosts. You never know what you're going to find. Record them. Please record them. Release them. Exactly. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years. By Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices. And by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra. And your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at Noise Extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at Noise Extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to Noise.